Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the podcast. Mm, Here's my radio voice, having used it in a while. WKLM 93.1, the smooth Yacht Rock. I only learned what Yacht Rock was a couple years ago. You do not know what Yacht Rock is. Uh, Michael McDonald is Is Yacht Rock. I think that's right. I would say John Mayer is some Yacht Rock. He has a whole album called Yacht Rock, doesn't he? Didn't he do that? It's called Sob Rock. Okay. Which I think is a commentary on Yacht Rock. I'm not really sure. But it's music to listen to when you're on a yacht, right? A yacht. As we all do. None of us. We've never been on a yacht. Do you even have any interest? Are you kidding? No. Oh, really? But you're you're a boat lady. You like going on boats. Yeah. Now that I said it out loud, <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Uh, hmm. hey, Maybe I'm a yacht gal. If you're no, listening to this podcast, no, because you know what? Go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My love of boats. I do like. I like boat activities. You grew up. You grew up on boats. I grew up on boats. Yeah. I love a little boat ride. You were Especially, Captain Ron growing up. I was Captain Ron. Especially like a sunset, you know, cruise. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know what I, but you know what I dislike more than I like that? Yeah. Um, very, very rich people who are very precious about their things. Like, did you know that you're only supposed to wear certain shoes on yachts? I think that, I'm immediately out. I think, I'm, imme- I think I'm immediately out. Listen, we know this about each other. We are, we're bougie. If anybody who we paid are. attention to our travels last year, but that. it's like a certain level. Like it's not like gold toilet bougie. Like that's Absolutely not it. Not. It's just like, I'm always bringing butt wipes with me everywhere. Bougie. Exactly. <laughs> what is the term for like approachable? <laughs> a bougie. We're a bougie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, we're not going to travel with one flip-flop. Like, I'm and not like, going to sit here and pretend I don't love, like, a fancy dinner. You know? Like, no, I do. I we, do like we that. We will go to a Michelin star restaurant. I like that. But, like, once in a, like, grand while. Now, last year was different because we were, okay, so you here's know, the, a big the equivalent. Yeah. We're there for the experience, not the exclusivity. Exactly. So it's like, I want the experience of the food yeah. that I get at a Michelin star restaurant. But if you tell me that there's, like, a dress code and it's, totally. like, a velvet rope situation, I'm immediately out. You could tell me you have a good year star and I'd be fine as long as the food exactly. has a story that it tells. Give and me there's a good year star. Yeah. Give me I'll a Jiffy Lube star. I'll take a Pirelli star. No, you got to stick with tire brands. Oh, I don't I'll know that. I'll take a Pirelli. I'll take a Nitto. I'll take a Toyo You're star. You're not going to give me Jiffy Lube. That's so I'm in not going the to. arena. No, 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 it's not. They're tire brands specifically. Tell me the tire brands. Pirelli. Okay, I can Nitto. picture that. Nitto. I'm sorry, Nitto. Nitto, N-I-T-T-O. I reject Toyo. Toyo? Toyo, T-O-Y-O. Okay, now you're making it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't really remember that anymore, but that just goes back to my car days, you know, 20 years ago. Remember when I showed you that video? Sorry, we're just in a, a real <laughs> Now random... we're just talking to each other. <laughs> hey, Isn't thanks for listening to our is? podcast. Uh, remember when I showed you that video? We also have a very meaty episode to get to. Yeah, there's a lot to get to, <sighs> but this is this is how we start this. Okay. Also, we've gotten some uh, comments from people recently that they really enjoyed the podcast and that they've Aww. been listening to it for years. So and they're just, here for this. Yeah, exactly. They know what they're getting. Um, the video that my college roommate texted also, me that I'm sorry I sent to interrupt you. you. Yeah, it really sounded like you just made that up. You're like, we've been getting some comments oh, no, lately these are actually that real. people really yeah, no, like the are, podcast. Like, it was very these nondescript. These are actual real. Yeah. Mm, okay. Really appreciate it. Um, my college roommate texted me a VHS 
video that he That's transferred right. to DVD and I showed you, and it was me at a car show. Uh-huh. So picture for those of you who've watched any Fast and Furious movie, the like the time like when Vin Diesel the gets to the before they became superhero. But movies. every single one of these has a car show in it where there's just a bunch of people. You're always getting girls' butts up close in it's camera why angles. Why is it the butts always? Always the butts. This was the, the I cars mean, are like bouncing. The cars are bouncing, yeah. but it's like a big group of people hanging around, and then typically like someone like wins an award for having the fanciest car. An award. Oh, yeah. car shows? Are okay, you kidding well, me? first of all... I had many car trophies. There was a box of car trophies that we threw out when we moved underst- out of Florida. I understand that, but... That I, was hard-earned money I, I put on a credit that. card that I couldn't afford to spend. <laughs> My only context is what you just said, which is the Fast and Furious movies. And right. it's funny how they, they never show, show the, the award ceremony. They don't show the trophies. They never show the podium. The focus, they never play hey, the national anthem. The focus is not on the trophy. It's on, it's the on family. Family. <laughs> Do it. Anyway. Say it. Family. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, what are the video that I showed you from the VHS tape of my college roommate was me stepping out of my car, which went up and down, and I had... A Nissan Maxima. That doesn't matter. And I had... What was the most <laughs> thrilling part of that video that you got to see? The, the bleach. The, the bleach, bleach blonde, blonde spiky, spiky hair. hair. The bleach blonde spiky hair. For those of you who've seen a picture of me in the past, well, I don't know, 10 years, yeah. zero hair. Not yeah. a lot of hair, but this is like... You know why? Because you bleached it, babe. Oh, possible. Also, <laughs> you jeans. Just, also, and jeans. just hereditary. So it was really combo. It was, thanks Eminem and... <laughs> yeah, thanks Eminem and bleached jeans. my hair and it burned a couple times. All right, wait, last week... Wait, wait, wait. Let's oh. trace it back. Because I think there was a reason Tire Brands, Mission Star, Bougie, Yachts, Yacht Rock. <laughs> Where'd we start? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter now. Here we are. We out here. Okay. <laughs> so we have uh, we have two uh, upcoming podcast episodes that we want to kind of like yes. preface. I, you know how much We don't I, normally do this. So we're just like, we're- Yeah, well, in, I don't like to leave people hanging. And I looked at our content calendar and realized that the last episode was all about simplifying your business. And we talked about, if you haven't listened to that episode, we talked about the various different flavors of chaos and complexity that you can have in your business. This is something we're working through for the October coaching session and I'm not yet ready to formulate my thoughts into a solution for everyone on the podcast but I'm telling you that will be coming in case you're like cool 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 I know which uh flavor of chaos but what am I supposed to do about it this is how this goes too you got to ruminate you got to ruminate this is how the coaching sessions come together you kind of dig in I let it marinate I usually I'm furiously like scribbling down um mind maps on my ipad etc So I wanted to let everyone know who doesn't like open loops in your brain mm. that that episode will be coming in the future. Next couple of weeks, yeah. I'll basically give you the what we came up with of how to simplify your business. So that's Great. number one. Number two, there will be an upcoming episode on the launch recap. So yeah. if you're someone who loves... If you the, love a launch recap. You love a launch recap. You love, give me the numbers. How did it go? What were the things you tried this time that worked? What didn't work? Um, so we always do a very sort of transparent launch recap where we give you full numbers. Also, if anybody listening to this has another business podcast that they listen to that often does like launch recaps or interviews with people, please tell us about it. I'm always on the lookout for these because I love this content. We love the... But it's not... And also like... I don't need the like, I made $10 million. Sure. It's not relatable. But I want the ones that are like, oh, okay, like you didn't work yourself to the bone. You don't have a team of 40 and you weren't spending a bajillion dollars on Facebook ads. Like, we love anything that is highly specific behind the scenes content. Yeah. It's our favorite thing. Because there's something, this is a sidebar, but there's something that you get from very broad con- like content because you can apply it to your yeah. own business. These big sweeping statements of like, don't burn yourself out. You're like, great. Love that. We do a lot of that. 
And I also get so much out of highly specific things. Exactly. Because I know not everything's going to apply to me, but I love seeing the full context of someone's business and seeing what they decided to go after in that context. So uh, look forward to those two episodes upcoming, closing the loop on the simplification of your business framework, and then also the full launch recap from this launch. And the reason that we're not recording that today is because... We are in the midst well, of... Well, yeah, don't give them the time paradoxes. <clears throat> time place on yeah. over. However, so we thought... Yeah, yeah. As we are uh, recording this, the Calm Business Encyclopedia is almost... It's basically It's done. fine. We don't have to play with any time loops or any... Like, we don't have to go into that. Right. It's done. We can just it's call done. it it's done. It's completed. Yeah. And so we thought, those of you who have been following along on this behind the scenes of what it's been like to basically do the biggest content project we've done in quite some time... We wanted to give you kind of our final thoughts. How did the project go? Yeah. How did the experiment fare? What would we have done differently? What would we have not done differently? Uh, what were the great things we learned? What were the things we could have done better, et cetera? Yeah. So again, if you're a behind the scenes type of person. We're giving you a little behind the scenes this here. This is We've perfect, got stats. Yeah. We've got emotional feelings. We have all kinds of things. But first, bubble let's caves. start with, we'll get into some bubble caves. If you don't know what that is, go a couple episodes back or just play uh, Tears of the Kingdom on Switch. It's a great game. Also, I need to finish it, but I've been saving it. This is intentional. When are you going to do it? Uh, Fall. We're getting, I know we're getting into fall, but like truthfully, like. When do you think fall? Just when it gets cold? I think after we get back from our US trip, that's going to be the perfect time for me. winter. The winter then. I'm waiting for winter. Just when you're like hunkered down and like the days are easier. It gets dark at 3 p.m. You know, that type of thing. I think winter as well. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, uh, a reminder of what the Calm Business Encyclopedia is. It's our A to Z guide of building a profitable, predictable, and Peaceful. peaceful business through 26 different videos or articles. A to Z on all different things, audience building, email marketing, yada, Content yada, Content strategy, branding, yeah. you prob- everything. You probably know what, what we've been doing up to this point. And if not, you can go find it all at wanderinginfly.com slash calm. It is kind of satisfying to look back over the topics of all 26 and be like, we basically covered just about everything I can think of in terms totally. of the different aspects that we think about and, when it comes to And again, to like this is not the uh, the the perfect we're going to cover every single thing because business is so nuanced that you have and a complex. you have a digital planner business or you have a software business it's going to be very different but we're just trying to share all the things that we have really learned and taught and experienced in that but what i wanted to also recap was we had a three-pronged strategy to the calm business encyclopedia we did so whenever we do a recap of a project we like to go back to the beginning what were our goals what was the whole intention behind the project and if you missed any of those episodes we'll give you the quick catch up which was prong number one was our goal was just a short-term goal to get people excited for fall enrollment. So this was pretty much people we expected to already be in our ecosystem. This is what we like to call pre-marketing leading up to a sales window. You want to get people, you want to be top of mind for people. You want to create content that is adjacent. It's iceberg content. We Mm -hmm. like to call it that adjacent to what your offer is so that they can start to realize that you're offer and program can be a solution to their problem so that was prong number one jason also had a secondary i just threw a goal out there because i it was like that's a very intangible thing right like getting people excited it's very intangible well how do you measure that well the measurement of that to me was and we talked about this was if i see more sales in this enrollment period versus spring enrollment then to me the pre-marketing and the getting people excited worked however that was before we realized that we would be 
this would be the last opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot to, of... There, with the pr- Let me finish my sentence yeah, yeah, so that yeah. <laughs> people are like, what? The um, pricing. It's our last chance to offer it at our lowest price ever. So that muddies the waters on the variables just a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, if we're talking about metrics of success, a lot of this is not going to be perfect. You just have to go through your gut. To me, it was like, if we see a sales uptick, then it did its job in getting people excited and aware of the upcoming launch. Yeah. So I just threw a secondary random goal out into the ether, which had no bearing on me gauging the success of this project or not, which was trying to get 500 new email subscribers by the end of this project. Yes. Which was the idea was getting people watching the videos every day and then converting them to our email newsletter using the lead magnet strategy that we had with the quiz, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Great. So that's prong number one, short-term goal. Prong number two was a longer term goal, which was just a means of people discovering us through our videos, which obviously we can't gauge yet because you're probably going to see that in the next like six months to a year or so. Well, that's what I was going to say. For this one, what we want to do is a recap episode in six months and then a recap episode in 12 months of some of the data on how this is done. Exactly. Um, Some things that we did dig into, which we think is cool in terms of getting new people into our audience. Um, we got 5,000 new viewers to our videos like on YouTube, on YouTube, specifically to our YouTube channel. So that means people, um, viewers, not just views. That means yeah. people coming to our channel and watching our videos that were not, um, had not seen a previous video. So yeah. that's really cool yeah. versus a thousand, which we're returning. Yeah. So that's really cool. And then also 21%, um, of total people who viewed the videos, um, within the past month came through YouTube search and 10% came through suggested videos, you know, like when you're watching a video and then you see on the right-hand column, you see suggested. And to me, that indicates that some of our thought that went into the keywords we were trying to target with the YouTube titles, I think is helpful because it means YouTube is recognizing, hey, this is the keyword you're going after. We're going to share this on similar videos. I think this is a huge immediate win and also a really great takeaway for those of you listening to this who don't want to play the game of social media, but are looking for another way to promote your business is that YouTube, besides just the initial viewership of a video, there is organic reach that can be had right away. So to me, this is 21% of the, let's call it 6,000 total views on these videos. Uh, No, no, no. The 6,000 was not views. That was viewers. So 6,000 total viewers. Sure. So 21% of those viewers uh, came through YouTube search. That's incredible. Like you cannot get that on Google right now. So if you were to write 30 articles and just post them on your website, there's no chance that you're going to get a bunch of you do 21% of new traffic is going to come from Google search. Maybe so it was views because now I'm looking at the total views and it was about the same. So anyway, I think, I, I think it probably, they probably relate very, very similarly, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just, my, my point there is just to reiterate, if you are looking for a new discovery channel to get traffic somewhat quickly also without having you know a very big audience we don't have a big audience on youtube it's also a very disparate audience because mm-hmm. we've talked about lots of different things that was all travel content last year and not a ton of it i just i really like this metric and i think it's a great thing to move forward with someone who's thinking i don't want to be on instagram i don't want to be on tiktok i'm willing to try youtube for a little while mm-hmm. and see if i can get some organic search and see what that continues to look like for my business kind of interesting side note i didn't write down the stats on this but it's just an observation we didn't gain a lot of new subscribers, which makes mm. me wonder if what people are saying is true, which is just kind of like subscriber metric is subscriber kind of dying. metric is kind of dying. Yeah. Um, and then prong number three was just to have a place where we can send people that gives them a good overview on our website of 
all of the things that we believe in when it comes to running a calm business. And we don't really have a metric of success there, but we'll see in terms of do we get more email subscribers from the website? Do we see one year from now a bump in overall traffic? That'll be interesting. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Can I give the uh, the stats here? Because I yeah, love stats. Can, sure, sure, sure. So, so yeah. can I give the stats? <laughs> I said, when I said can I, that can I I'm set gonna... it up? On the left, y'all. Okay. We have video stats. Yes. We have... You, it's called that YouTube video YouTube stats. YouTube video stats. We have overall traffic to the Calm Business Encyclopedia landing page. This was the landing page that we housed all of the content yeah. to our website. And then we have the lead magnet strategy, which was we did a quiz, the yeah. Calm Business quiz. And so we have stats on that as well. So if you like stats data yeah uh gonna kind of go through this somewhat quickly because we don't need to dwell on it too much but it's just fun to hear these numbers um because numbers are fun i'll be the one to pluck out the lessons how about that okay wonderful so total youtube views across all of the calm business encyclopedia videos themselves this is not our channel this is just those 26 videos as of right now 5,700 views ish you know we rounded uh, average views per Calm Business Encyclopedia video, 221 views. Lower or higher than you thought? Um, I would say a little bit lower. A little bit lower. A little I bit was, lower. If I had to guess at the beginning of this project what the average would be, I probably would have said three to 400. I would have said three to 400 too. Exactly. I think we actually did say that because I think I said that I was thinking we would get like 15,000 or somewhere mm -hmm. around there. So. so overall lower. But again, doesn't really matter. The goal of this was not views on videos. Totally. Yes, you need viewership on things, but that was not the, the goal. Uh, total comments, 113 total comments across 26 videos. Average comments per video, four comments, which I love. Like to me, that means that, yeah, that people are not just watching and being like, oh, that was fine. But they're like, I have something I want to say mm -hmm. to this video. Um, also, shout out to Isabel. I don't know if Isabel listens to our uh, podcast, but she watches every one of our YouTube videos and is a frequent commenter. And I just see her name constantly. And it's always a lovely comment. I just wanted to shout her out because she's amazing. So one out of those four is Isabel. One out of those four is Isabel, for sure. For well. sure. Uh, in case you're, can I do the, the best ones? Yeah, sure. In case you're curious, what topics had the best viewership? And I, I took out the first two videos because... You're always going to have the most views. You're always going to have the most views. I think it doesn't really count. Um, but very, you can see clear jumps in these three videos. The content strategy video, yep. especially because I think the way we framed it, which was how do we have a content yes. strategy without social media? I think the thumbnail on that one's probably one of our most enticing thumbnails too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second one is finances. Mm. So this one was the two decisions that changed our financial life. And then the third one is productivity strategies for sensitive people, which was later in the, it's the P yeah. if you can imagine. So it was later on in the series and you kind of had a sense even when we were putting it together that you yeah. thought maybe that would. I think long-term, this is going to be the video that will get the most viewership of all the 26 videos. It's the most niche with the biggest uh, overall market interest. So right. productivity has so much interest on YouTube, but there's not really like a productivity for sensitive people. Right. You know, a lot of those videos. Which I think as a lesson is kind of a framework that you could use to brainstorm, which is what are the search terms that are, that do really well on YouTube? Content strategy, yeah. productivity, um, time management, um, you know, YouTube specific platform things. And then how can you niche that down to kind of create a, a sub keyword that maybe is a little bit more of a blue ocean strategy in terms of less competition. It's almost like you're creating a Venny here. So you're it's like, a you got a one circle of productivity. You got one circle of sensitive people. You mash them over top each other and you got a video you can make. Boom. Create some Vennies. Um, also not a bad idea for like a video, uh, Just channel, like not a channel, but like a, what topic should I create YouTube videos about? And it's like, enter one topic you like, enter one topic you like, and then like 
what's the type of video that comes out of that? It's yeah. kind of interesting. Okay, comments. Uh, the most commented video was on our rest video. Yeah. And, and this, this is where I asked for a swirly-eyed emoji in the comments. Yep, and the, the video. second most commented was our Doritos framework where you ask which flavor of Dorito. Yeah, yeah. So I think the lesson there, though, is, and it's such a simple lesson, but it bears repeating, which is if you want interaction on your videos, remember to ask for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you really are trying to go for engagement – get people, you know, and you could do it less like, I mean, it's a little bit of a trade-off because on the one hand, make it easy for them, right? So he, Jason's just asking an emoji yeah, or yeah. a thing. So if you really just want to go for engagement or if you want more thoughtful engagement, ask a question. But I just think sometimes we forget that if we want people to comment, we just need to ask. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, one little note here is that we really didn't promote these videos at all. So these videos right. got uploaded to our channel. We were, you know, basically this was going on through our launch. So there was no individual newsletter uh, promotion for us, which is our main audience. This is one thing that if we're talking about what I would have done differently now having been at the end, there's not a lot I would have done differently because we were very time constrained and so it was fine. But this is one thing that I think would have been a very low time investment that would have paid off, which was setting up some sort of digest either like maybe on Friday, like off of our normal, off normal yeah. and just sending a Friday email or a Thursday email, which is more than we would normally do. But I don't think you're going to get tons of people being be no. like, ah, we're going to subscribe and just saying, Hey, we're doing this project. Here's the latest five videos. And <clears throat> yeah, I, what I, I see this as an opportunity for us moving forward and every email for the rest of the year is to highlight one of the videos or, or two of the videos or three of the videos and, and say, and just give each a little bit of shine in every single newsletter. I think that's an easy way to do this moving forward. So Absolutely. And and that was part of the idea with this content is that it's very evergreen content, right? So it's always, yeah. um, it's not like our travel videos where three months later, you're sort of like, we've yeah. moved on. It's yeah. like, no, these are always this is evergreen. evergreen. Uh, all right. Moving over to the landing page, the Calm Business Encyclopedia page on our website. Again, you can find that at wanderinggameplay.com slash calm. Uh, a total visitors, unique visitors to that page, 1,500 rounded uh 1500 people cool. saw the Compass encyclopedia unique people so that doesn't count like all the people who return and all that um of those 1500 people 1000 of them came through desktop did you notice that no so normally it's like a 50 50 split that we see in yeah. you know, like web traffic versus mobile traffic this was like a little bit higher toward desktop traffic which is interesting that is interesting because yeah. i actually designed the page with our most prevalent uh screen resolutions in mind which was basically extra large and then mobile because yeah. we did some research on our screen sizes that people when they come to our website what screen sizes so that's actually use. fascinating to me all right let's jump to the quiz ready okay. to get to the quiz um i'm almost ready to get to the quiz what are you doing over there i'm doing math you we don't do math live here we <laughs> learned that from other podcasts is that true i think i'm doing it wrong what are you doing i was trying to do the amount of um email subscribers who did the quiz through the landing page Okay. Divided by the amount of total visitors to the landing page for a conversion percentage. But this isn't, uh, yeah, okay, sure. So 215 divided by 1,500. Yeah. So 14%, is that right? Yeah. That's high. Yeah, that's super high. That's a high <clears throat> converting lead magnet. Um. Okay. Great. So the quiz, let's get into that now that you just did some math and Sorry. people kind of <laughs> checked out and tuned out like I did. Sorry. Uh, total overall quiz takers of our Calm score calm business score quiz 249 249 and of those 53 were new subscribers so we had people who were already on our list 
took uh, the quiz. Which this makes uh, a little bit of sense to me, but also it's a little bit surprising. That makes more sense. Um, that, uh, you know, I would have thought we would have had more new subscribers. But then when you think about it again, like we're promoting this in a silo. So like yep. the only place, can you move your mic down? Because you're like slowly melting into the couch and I'm just yeah, watching your mic. I'm watching your mic go to your forehead. And so you're just like talking <laughs> under it. I want everyone to know that when we set up oh. initially to record today, I was sitting straight up and down like I had really good posture and Jason was like why don't you get to where you think you're gonna end up and, and I was even, like even um, from there you've melted, I've melted even further into the couch I just I want to be comfy when I get also this is out. such a funny difference between the two of us what I will sit and record these podcast episodes and I will not move I am a statue yeah. you are like yeah do you know you're like that hot is? lava you come down the the yeah. mountain and you just flow right into do the do you know what that is I'll tell you exactly what it is and yeah. this is how the main difference in our personalities sure, sure. affects every aspect <laughs> of our life. You do not, you do not have the connection between your brain and body that tells you when you're uncomfortable. Uh-huh. You you have like a blockade up, uh-huh. so your brain does, it never gets to your brain that you're uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So you can just you could hold anything for a certain amount of time. My <laughs> super highway between my brain and my body is just flowing all the time. Yeah. So many circuits all the time. So any when I'm the least bit uncomfortable, my body is going to adjust to be more comfortable. Mm. Do you see that that is how that's that's happening? It's a bad way to live. Okay, let's get back <laughs> to these subscribers. So 249 total quiz takers, 53 were new people. As of right now, we can only say that five of those quiz takers came from YouTube. Directly from YouTube, new subscribers in the past 30 days. I feel like that has to be incorrect. No, but I, I think it's true. And you know what? It, I, this is my... Um, did you look at the actual Interact data too? Yes, Okay. exactly. Yeah. Interact is the quiz software that we use. Yeah, we can look at, at it together. Here's exactly what I think that tells me Yeah. is... Number one, we only included the call to action, which was go take our quiz at the end of every video. That I understand. Okay? And, the, and the like watch retention falls way it off. It falls way off. Always. So that tells me if you want to take anything away from this, if you're going to do something similar, you have to either, here's two things I would have maybe done. Some type of interrupted in the, in the middle, middle. Yeah. hey, blah, 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 quick to go here and download this. Okay. Or, and probably and. I would include a little watermark across I know. the... We, in- we talked about this and we mentioned it multiple times and our video editor forgot. Our and, video editor, editor never just, did it. And listen, when you're editing a video every single day, I'm the video editor, by the way, uh, there's a lot of things you're doing. And yeah. the last thing you can remember is like, I wrote a note like three times yeah. to do it. And I was just like, no, I have to get to this Well, this is why you done. listen to this podcast so that you can learn from what we did. Yeah. But a watermark meaning just like a tiny little stamp in the one of the corners of the video that says you know, take the free quiz at, and it has the thing you may not get. I don't think that's going to be that compelling, but it's certainly going to be better, especially when you consider the fact that very few people have the chance to see it when you put it at the end versus every single person that watches a video, you know, has at least seen that watermark. Yeah. Right. So that's what I would go back and do differently there, which is fine. That's why you experiment. You learn yeah, things. Yeah, totally. And again, like, mm-hmm. uh, some of these videos could pop and it could lead to more people, you know, obviously viewing a video, reading the first line of the description where we have the link to the quiz, clicking that link, and we get a bunch more subscribers. Now, what from I YouTube. also think is interesting though is we put in the first line of every single YouTube description a link to the quiz. Yeah. And to me, to me, <laughs> I know that not that many people read descriptions of YouTube videos, but I would have thought at least a few more would have come from there. So that tells me I have a little bit of a suspicion of how we could make the quiz itself more compelling. However, this is the advice we give people inside of Wham Unlimited, which is if you're going to try a quiz, 
the and it's not the the numbers aren't working out the way that you wanted to in terms of conversion the first thing you should change is placement of your opt-ins yeah don't go changing your entire quiz before right. you change the placement of the opt-ins because that's such a high variable. So change the placement of the opt-ins and then if you're still not getting enough, then we could evaluate whether we think the quiz because here's my instinct. Number one, so this is aside from YouTube, but I also, if I could go back, I would have been more aggressive is long, the, the wrong word, but I would have done different placements on the landing page. So as the encyclopedia days went on, the quiz was at the bottom of the landing page, so it gets pushed further and further down. We had the welcome mat on every um, article, article, but which what I, leads to the quiz, which leads to the quiz. But what I would have done is an exit pop up on the landing page where it's like, "Hey, before you go, like ch take the quiz," and maybe an exit pop up on the blog articles as well. I would have tried that. I don't yeah. like the first pop up when you get there because yeah, yeah, we're not a big nobody fan really of that loves that. Yeah. Um. So I would have tried that. Then my as I was um thinking about this and evaluating the quiz, I was also wondering, okay, is the quiz itself that compelling? I think people do want to know sort of score my business in terms yeah. of how calm it is. But now that we've done that podcast episode about what's your flavor of chaos, I think that's even more compelling hmm. because diagnosing for someone what's causing your complexity in your business, what's causing you to be not calm. Is it that you have too much, too many offers? Which is what I think goes back to our other quiz that why exactly. it did so well to start was it identified the thing that the you were missing problem. in your business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a fun thing to play around with. There's opportunities there to go back and I don't think it would be that hard to reconfigure the quiz in such a way where it's more specific. Yeah, and I, I, all of these things are, they're nice to haves, but at the end of the day, we made 26 videos, we made 26 articles, we have a great landing page that's gonna serve us for the rest of our business. And one of the most important stats that I think is the thing that we care the most about for a project like this is, two people purchased Wayman Unlimited through the landing page quiz. That like, are new subscribers. That are new subscribers, and then one person also bought. So basically, three purchases are because of the Calm Business Encyclopedia for this enrollment period. And that's only the ones that we can directly tie to the right. quiz that are new. That's not even to say, because it would be very hard to measure, people who are already on our list and the Calm Business Encyclopedia project. Reassured them. Reassured them, got them excited, yeah. put put us in their awareness to then purchase. Yeah. Um, this is a total side note, but I told Jason, if there's one thing that I could tell every single person to do who does online business and runs programs and offers, it's to put a post-purchase survey yeah. on your confirmation page after someone buys make it pretty simple we have we have a couple of questions but one of them is an open-ended question that goes what one thing directly led to you purchasing today. purchasing today and it's an open-ended question and reading through those responses is gold yeah, it, it is, is absolute gold because people are saying what was the thing that put them over the edge to buy and the thing that's the funniest for us is that there's no one thing that wins um, but it's very helpful to know, okay, this is what really resonated with people. Like one specifically, for example, this this time on the sales page, we swapped out an older coach, free coaching session. We have like an example coaching session on our sales page so that you can see how we teach, the value we provide. And we finally decided to switch that. We've used it, the same one for the past two, like four launches, basically. We mm -hmm. switched it to a different one. And 
just I just scanned over the survey right before we hopped on and I saw at least two people who said I couldn't believe my jaw dropped when I saw the free coaching session couldn't believe how much value you provided and so to me that really um, validated our choice to you know switch that out yeah absolutely uh cool all right so i think that wraps up the stats portion of this uh confidence encyclopedia project again uh, i think it'll be fun to come back in six months and then in a year to recap the stats because i think it'll be very interesting to uh go well we had you know when we first finished six thousand views of these videos we're now six months later and we have 60,000 views. Where did those come from? You know, what happened? Totally. What, what does that look like? And can we attribute that to any actual metrics that matter for our business and not just vanity metrics of views? Right. All right. So uh, a couple other things that we wanted to talk about that we learned from this project. I think the number one takeaway for us specifically is that we found a video format that's actually sustainable. Wow. That's honestly, it was worth it just for that. And I don't like, I think this is the one part of it that it's a very good thing that we found that format. I'm not sure it works as like a consistent YouTube video format that will bring us viewership that leads to new subscribers, that leads to sales of our offer. Tell me more. Why do you think that? Um, because I just don't think it's enough people. What's enough people? Well, just having like a couple hundred views per video. And if you're not getting many of those people to go over and like take the free quiz from us, like they're not leading to any type of subscribership for us then those videos have to get more views to get that small amount of people to go over and subscribe totally but you this is where my brain goes as an experiment totally could be a format issue right that's yeah. that's one hypothesis yeah. another hypothesis is just you're not getting the um source of those views so we're relying very heavily on just organic search from YouTube, which we saw that's 21%. Like that is some of it. But my point is like, is it a format or is it, do you need to, in this day and age of the YouTube algorithm, do you need to chop it up and create shorts in order to get into a, some type of discoverability feed to get people over to view those videos? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about shorts in a second. So, but that's just my point is, yeah, yeah. you know, that's kind of the step, the ongoing step is, I would def I would want to try it for three to six months on a weekly basis before I decided that the format wasn't. Yeah, I, I uh, let's talk about that in a second. So um, also with just the specific creation process of the videos, I do think we found something that even after doing 26 of these, I know you're a little bit burnt out on doing the keynotes right now. And I'm a little bit burnt out on editing the videos and writing the articles. That's what 30 days is going to exactly. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, totally. it could just be eating Skittles for 30 days. Like by the end of the 30 days, I'm going to be tired of Skittles. I know that's blasphemy, but also <laughs> they're very bad for you. Uh, the, the pace of the creation of these videos is extremely sustainable it for really us. It really is. Which I think is a really good sign because if we wanted to, we could do one day a month. We finally have like a content marketing thing that we could do with batching yep. where it's like make the keynotes, sit down and record. We could we could record four in a day. It was hard to do that now, but I think it's because it was the repetition. And also of imagine if we did two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but we could get a month's a month's worth of content done literally in like two to three days. Three span days. Of time. It would take me two days to do the four keynotes, and then it would take one day of filming. Yeah. And even less time if we, which we haven't even talked about yet, if we brought in a team member right. to do the initial brainstorming, the loose outline of the video. Like we just basically tell them, here's what we want to talk about. Here yeah. are the points. Um, so that would be even less time. So it'd yeah. be extremely sustainable. 
which I think is such a win. And that's, I don't know if you want to talk about it yet, but that's why I'm saying if you find a format that works for you personally as a business owner, but you're not sure if that format is going to resonate with your audience, I I still think start with that because that's that's your optimal, right? Something that you could do forever that you enjoy, start with that and give it a chance to actually resonate and try some different tactics before you decide that the format itself is not going to resonate. Yeah. The the tricky part here, and I think this is the really important thing for anybody who's listening that's that's doing content marketing and trying to figure out if the juice is worth the squeeze, is to come back to the question of this podcast, what is it all for? Mm -hmm. So why why would we continue to make YouTube videos in this format? Why would we even jump into creating shorts for it? And yes, YouTube wants people to make shorts. It's just like Instagram changed from posts to stories and then stories to reels. This is what the platforms want you to do because it's shrinking the attention span. They could squeeze more ads in like blah, 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 blah. We all know all the things. And what I constantly come back to when we talk about this is like, okay, well, we could do shorts and we could see about this, but why? Like, what is it all for? What would we be doing this for? Is it to grow our email list? Okay, sure. We could definitely try and do that. But like, again, what is that for? Is it to get more sales of Wandering Infinitely Unlimited, which is our program that opens twice per year, as you all know by this point? Okay, great. But like, does that actually lead to people who would buy that? Because I think that amount of time that we would invest in in that could be spent better served that's maybe more directed at our audience by doing podcast interviews with people who have an audience like ours. Like totally. that's a better spend of our time. Totally. Um, even just doing more free coaching content that's out there that's um, easier to be shared by our audience in some way. You know, like I, I don't know what exactly that looks or like. Or investing in word of mouth marketing ideas. We did a whole one of our videos yeah, yeah. for the Calm Business Encyclopedia was 15 word of mouth marketing ideas. And honestly, it got me so excited I thought we don't spend enough time thinking about this type of marketing. Exactly. And and I think that, so if you listen to, that was last week's episode about our teachery plans, or was that two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, we did our, um, basically what we're calling Project All In. We really want to focus on teachery in 2024, which is our online course platform. And Wandering Aimfully is not going to take a, back seat it's going to take a side seat so it's basically like we're switching drivers yes so we're stopping teachery is running from the passenger side around to the driver's side we're running from the driver's side around to the passenger side and teachery is going to be the driver and if, now now wandering aimfully gets to like put its feet up roll down the window do yeah the still little, it still the exists they're picking the, the playlist they're you know eating the snacks from 7-eleven but what they're not doing is getting all the attention which this is why we probably won't keep doing these videos and won't go into shorts for this because that's not helping teachery grow. Exactly. So that's the kind of meta takeaway is after you do any project like this, you kind of diagnose what would I do differently? What didn't work out the way that I thought my hypothesis would have led me to believe? Cool. Like I could do X, Y, and Z in order to run this experiment again and try to get a different result. Now, before I do that, I need to question is that worth it? Yeah. What is my ultimate goal? And for us, new information has has come about, which is we've decided that we want to steer the business and our attention towards teaching next year. So these are all very good observations to keep in mind and still something that I'm not convinced. Like, here's what I will tell you. I'm not totally convinced that it's a no from me. And I think you and I will probably have this debate when it comes time to do our yearly planning for next year. I'm not totally convinced it's a no for me because when I think about the time and inve- time and energy investment is so low versus it, to just keep it consistent, 
the potential payoff of giving us one faucet to turn on for new people to discover teacher or discover wandering aimfully when we're not on social media, when we're not, yeah, no, I, you know, I, 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 I think for sure hear you. And I, I think it is the smart move. It's just, there are always moves to be made in business, but there is a trade-off in the time yes, and energy it takes. The opportunity cost. And, and I, and I hear you on that. And that, that's where I'm, what? That's where it makes it a hard decision because I'm with you. Even if you think that the time away from te- focus on tea tree is like, let's call it 10%, right? It takes yeah. 10% of my energy a week to think about keeping up with this other consistent content schedule. It's not actually 10%. It's like somehow it makes the other 90% less effective exactly. because it's a distraction. Exactly. Yeah. And I hear that. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Is there anything else on the recap of this project um, and what we yeah, learned from just, it? Yeah, I think we didn't do any bubble caves, so I'd love to just end on feelings. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I don't have like a bullet point here in our notes well, that says feelings. Well, because I just assumed that you would... I, Let it, me hear. Let me okay, write it real quick. feelings. Let me just write feelings. Okay, I wrote okay. it. So feelings are there. Let's talk about feelings. Um, I, I, There is something that I get out of challenging myself. So I, we arrived at the end of this project and I'll be totally honest with you all. I was like, if I never see a keynote again, <laughs> I will be okay. But now that I have a couple of days removed where I have given myself space to rest from it, I haven't jumped back into our coaching sessions. I've really just given myself some time. If you go back and watch our Calm Business Encyclopedia, our installment for rest, rest yeah. um, you know, I gave myself that space. And now I look back on it and I'm like, okay, it wasn't like, yes, I was tired of doing it at the end and I'm glad I gave myself that break, but it's not like I hated it. You know, Mm -hmm. there was no point during this project where I hated it. And as I reflect on it, I realize that we do have a habit of getting ourselves into projects that are, we bite off more than we can chew. We know this about ourselves, but I think I talked about this a few episodes ago where I'm reaching this place of acceptance of going yeah, but don't I really love challenging myself? I love getting to that point in a project where you kind of see what you're made of and you go, not to the toxic place where you're like, I have to push through at all costs. I'm going to shut down all my feelings. I'm going to close off those barricades between my head and my heart like Jason's so good at doing. <laughs> um, not to that degree, but to the degree where you go, okay, things are getting tough. What are you going to do? How, how are you going to handle it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to take care of yourself? physically, mentally, so that you can have the energy to to continue forward? Are you going to stay mindful of your emotional state and regulate your emotions so that you can complete this to the best of your ability? Are you going to be kind to yourself even when your quality standards might have to slip a little bit in order to complete the project? Like all of these things I find are, I just love engaging with things that are challenging because I feel like that's when I do the most growth. Yeah. Uh, it will always go back to me of what our friend Greg Hartle told me so long ago. That's like the number one determining factor of an entrepreneur is your ability to deal with stress. Yeah. And I think a, a challenge project like this, where you have 26 days of posting content, like I think it's very different from the, the challenge of doing something for 30 days that you're not having to post all the time right. and you get to do a recap of it. That's so much easier than posting every single day and doing something and creating because you're just always in this loop, right? Like you're just a, okay, you got to create a keynote. We have to record the thing. I have to edit it. we got to create an article. we got to post it. There's no do, relief. There is zero relief. Even on a, like a regular challenge when you're just producing at the very end, kind of a recap, you get the relief every day of like, okay, great. Like I get the rest of the day to like not have to think about this thing. 
Um, so I think for me in this, in a project like this, it just shows me that I'm getting too damn old to do <laughs> challenge projects. And while I do like them, like I, I enjoy the challenge of it as well. And even up until the, editing the last video, the editing of the videos I found, I could do that you know, and, and that's not a problem. Yeah. The writing of the articles though, that got super mundane for mm -hmm. me and I just got really tired of doing it. And I think it's just because I don't, I've written so much mm -hmm. in the past 10 years, like multiple books worth at this point, just in articles, not even mm -hmm. including actual books. I'm just tired of writing articles. Like I just don't necessarily want to do anymore. Like I could write an article. What's funny is I was thinking about the, um, uh, Product, was it the productivity strategies or the time management ranked by effectiveness? Mm -hmm. That was my favorite article to write mm -hmm. of the 26. And it's because I made it like a game. There was a score. I could add more personality. It wasn't just like business stuff. Help. Yeah. yeah that would, it's just like, I feel like I've said this so many times over. That was like, let me tell you why the Pomodoro technique doesn't work for me and like have some fun with it. You know, yeah. that was enjoyable. Well, that's a good takeaway is just reminding yourself. It's what we always know that you have to bring that differentiator or else you're not going to be engaged. Exactly. In it. And I think this is why so many people listening to this hate content marketing. Yeah. Because you're do you're creating content that you don't like to create. Yeah. And you're doing it because, oh, well, so-and-so successful business coach told me that I need to create reels. And so my business is about, you know, helping people with productivity. So I need to make productivity reels. And I have to say the same thing that everyone's all been saying. And like, I've got the James Clear quotes in my videos. Yeah. Because, you know, and it's like that type of, to me, it's just like regurgitated content over and over. I know there's a lot of to me's. Uh, I won't call them out by name, but I did just stumble across a particular SaaS app this morning. And I was curious what they were doing on social media because, of course, now I'm shifting gears to thinking about, are we doing social next year? Are we not? I was writing notes for this and I was like, if I'm going to do any content marketing whatsoever, it should be for Tree. Can we do it like the masked singer, but for Tree? <laughs> yes. The masked sasser? <laughs> yes, and. We're the masked sassers? Sass mask. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so I saw their Instagram page and I just immediately said to myself, and I'm going to screenshot this and say anything but this. And it's not, this is literally, please do not take this as any shade to those people whatsoever. They're doing what the playbook of sure. SaaS social media marketing is. But every post is a perfectly designed photo, basically a feature. Yeah. And all of it, and I am I see the, it's like four likes, three likes. And I'm like, there's somebody who's putting time of their life. They yeah. only have one life and they're putting time into creating this that nobody's interested in because it's just talking about their features and there's nothing unique or interesting about it. And I just, I had this moment of saying, not this, yeah. not anything but this, because nobody's getting value out of this. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. having fun with this. I think as, a, as like, I think number one, as you get older, you just, your time is less, right? So you just have right. this reality of time. And I think as you get more years in business, all I come back to all the time is I just want it to be fun. I know. Because we've spent years in the trenches of experimentation and analytics and content creation and like doing all the things that way. Now we're at the phase where like the, the machine works in itself well enough. I just want to have fun. Like yeah. I want everything to be at the priority of fun and I know we're gonna have to do boring things we're gonna have to do some well, of those things. this is the part where I have to have a caveat and say I understand that that perspective comes from an immense place of privilege of in course, business of course. where you've done the slogging you've done the not fun to get to a place where you have steady enough revenue that you can prioritize something different absolutely so if you're listening to this and you're in the beginning trenches and you're like must be nice have fun yeah. I totally get it and it I five years right. ago we couldn't have said that exactly but that doesn't, I, I will just add, 
it's okay if you can't prioritize fun to the degree that we can now that we're in a place that we have regular revenue. That's okay. But can you find moments of fun? Can you find ways to put a twist on it so that you can stay engaged and it is more sustainable? Because ultimately, the only way that you get to your business goals and you get to the place where the revenue is steady and you're not stressed about money all the time is if you can stay in the game. And the only way to stay in the game is to not hate it, right? So I just want to point that out. I get it. Sometimes I do... Um, not just from like a revenue privilege standpoint of our business, but also I understand that when you've been doing it for 10 yeah, plus years, you have different a, priorities. There's a decision-making privilege as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like we've written all these things, we've done all these things, we've produced all these things, made all these things. Like the machine works. Now we can make other decisions that other people can't make. Yeah, I wanted to – what was the other thing about – challenge shoot i lost my train of thought. oh you didn't have any more you had more feelings you wanted I, to share yeah, just you, one more oh man maybe it'll come back all okay. right let's go over a couple of future notes and then i think we're skipping calm business confidential because you had a note for me that the episodes are getting a little bit long on the recording and tired How so do we want to save it for next week and then we'll just wrap up with some portugal stuff okay that's fair you want to do that no. i know that our audience is going to be uh, up upset because they we Absolutely did hear from you arms. all that you love the calm business okay, confidential next week we'll have a shorter episode and we'll do we'll emphasize calm business confidential yeah okay? is next week's episode the launch recap though that's usually okay quick yeah okay we'll find out you'll find out next week uh all right so a couple future things we would consider for a project like this or even for this project that we wanted to share just as potential ideas for maybe you're someone who has created a bunch of content and you're not sure what to do with it maybe those will give you a couple ideas as well yeah Uh, and i think this is good too when you come to the end of a project sometimes we in the past have had this habit of just going on to the next of course and you go wait a second you just put in all this work yeah take take your notes and your findings and then ask yourself I did all this work how could I even optimize it more so some notes I wrote down and these are things that I think we will probably discuss again in our yearly planning meeting uh I would consider hiring an SEO consultant to go back over these articles and really try to optimize them for keywords we did a basic job we really we did a few keyword you know research exercises we thought about what the keywords were we were optimizing for we did basic SEO of trying to implement them throughout the article and in the headings etc however someone who this is their full-time job they're not just a generalist they're a specific skill set I would be willing to consider paying someone to really beef those up. I My caveat to that one is I will not be logging into the WordPress article uh, admin and clicking into any of the articles if we do this. Because you're so over it? As I'm so over Great. it. That would yeah. be a, that's a non-negotiable for the yeah, person that's we hire. a non-negotiable. Can you, you use WordPress? Get in there. You have got to be able to get in there and, and not mess it. up any of the formatting, but add in this content yourself. Oh, I remembered my thought. Your feeling? Yeah, we'll come back to it. Okay, great. Uh, keyword help. Okay. Okay. So the next thing that I would consider doing is the same thing to hire a Pinterest consultant to really try to create Pinterest images and a Pinterest strategy to promote. Again, this goes back to the content is extremely good. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Where can we go to get it in front of more eyeballs to get more discoverability? I think Pinterest is a a clear winner there. But both of these caveats would be, I'm not sure what my threshold would be for what I'd be willing to pay for those. Right. What's the budget? And again, what is it all for? Right. So it's like, what are we trying to do with that traffic that leads to getting more customers? Like, you know, building an audience, doing those types of things. Like if, if that isn't the goal, let's just throw around numbers just for sake of throwing around numbers. Let's say the SEO consultant costs $5,000. Pinterest consultant costs $5,000, right? It's $10,000. Is that investment worth it to invest to grow Wandering Aimfleet's email list plus a couple of Wayman Limited buyers? Or 
is that $10,000 worth it to hire someone for teachery to do some type of content creation that we right. don't want to be doing? That's where you have to be thinking. And also, if you're someone who is not trying to choose between two businesses, but you have a project like this and you're like, oh, is it worth getting more eyeballs on it? This is one of those things where I would go back to my findings about the quiz and I would fix that marketing bridge first. Or uh, even better, it would just be to know that, okay, I'm seeing the people who are on the website are converting to the quiz and those people are becoming customers. So I need more traffic direct to the website, not directly to the videos. Does that make right. sense? So, right. But the SEO consultant and the Pinterest are both. Right. For... But I think the Pinterest, like for me in that strategy, I would go Pinterest first because Pinterest, I could see actually like direct traffic change quicker than SEO, which is like Google, it takes forever. Like you're, sure. unless you're doing paid AdWords. Sure. If I was going to rank those, I would yeah. be more interested in. Interested? Pinterest. Getting Pinterested. Okay. All right. But my point was I would go upstream to the conversion. So if you think about a marketing bridge, you have traffic, you have people converting to your email list, you're selling to your email list to get the sale. Yeah. I would go like if the conversion piece of the puzzle is broken and not converting high enough, it doesn't matter how much traffic from Pinterest you pour onto that. If they're never getting onto and they're never taking the quiz, that was a waste of money. Yeah. So what I would do first is toy around with some of the opt-in changes we mentioned, maybe even go as far as to change up the quiz to the direct diagno diagnosis, see if that had a positive impact. Then from there, I would go upstream and I would pay the $5,000 for the Pinterest. Great. Okay. Final bullet point here on things we would do in the future with this Calm Business Encyclopedia project. This last bullet? Yeah. I teed it up for you. Are you Okay. It's like a, <laughs> I threw a softball up in the air. You have a bat in your hand. No, I don't know which bullet you're referring to. After the launch is over and the project is officially over, how do we want to take time? So it's like, do we want to change anything with like how this is positioned on our site? I think is the point here. Great. So that's a question. It's not really yeah. a tee up. Yeah. Well, if it's a tee up for you to bring it up and then we talk about it. That's how a podcast works. Cool. We're here. Let's try it again. Okay. Great. Okay. <laughs> here we go. And... I'm yeah, it up in the air. just to finish things <laughs> off here, how do we want this to live on our site? Yeah, uh, well, I I think it could become the landing, like the homepage of our site is, right. is one, is one option. I think we would also really have to think about the navigation of it because I added that little click. Book, book covers. The book covers, which I think it's fine. Yeah. But um, I, I wonder if a more condensed version of it where you could just scroll through. Yeah. I don't know. It is interesting because it's like the version of our homepage that we created earlier this year, which was for people transitioning from client businesses to digital products. Mm -hmm. I think that very much speaks to like our most core customer, Yes, which is good. The Calm Business Encyclopedia doesn't. That's more it's of more a broad general. thing again. I think I would lean to leaving the homepage as a client-specific, client trying to go to digital products because that's our core customer. And then this just becomes the start here page of our website. You know, mm. it's just the the first place we want to direct people. And maybe our articles page changes in the design of that to like feature the Calm Business articles first. And then all of our previous articles can kind of just live in the ether of those because they're not, no one's finding them in our site anyway. They're just finding them, you know, haphazardly through Google. Yeah, that also just gave me an idea of, it kind of ruins the encyclopedia concept, but is there a world where you kind of separate the topics by profitable, predictable, and peaceful? Because to me, like predictable is the client off-ramp kind of ecosystem. It's like, okay, your client income is maybe stressful and not predictable. Yeah. Create scalable digital products, right? Um, 
profitable, anything related to marketing, sales, et cetera. And then peaceful, anything related to mindset, rest, et cetera, um, productivity, et cetera. I'm just wondering, like, could that be a way? Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll think about it. But again, I think the, the point here is in all of these future things is trying to leverage all of the effort that we put in the past eight weeks into this project or 10 weeks into this project and not just have it be done and move on to the next. Exactly. Like, this is not content that now isn't valuable now that it's up and it was just like, oh, watch us day to day do this thing. And then like, it's not really worth watching. It's like, this is valuable for a long time. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure that we give it, it's it just due. Yeah. And I will be looking forward to recording an episode at the end of this year to look back on the year and see all the experiments we did. Cause this was very much like an experimental year for us. Yeah. We had sort of, when we were traveling last year, we very much had let kind of the business ride and we just let ourselves kind yeah. of be in more of a coasting, you know, sustainable place. And this year we were excited to get reinvigorated with Wandering Aimfully and try some different things. So I'm excited to go look back and see here's where we put our time this year. Here's what we, where that led us in terms of where we want to steer the business. And then hope the hope is that that's what next year is for Tea Tree. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into the postgol here, our uh, our chat about living in Portugal. We have a couple little updates for you. Again, the Calm Business Confidential, we'll save that for next week yes. because we're already running a little we're bit long here. We're sorry for those of you who love it. But so there's much. just a lot, to, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of feelings to share, a lot of stuff. Uh, our first big update is that we went to the dentist. We went to the dentist. Your boy's least favorite thing I to know. do. For you those of you who are around in 2021, so you remember my dental saga of getting like nine of my teeth replaced. It's not true. It was three, but that's still a lot of your teeth to get mm-hmm. replaced. Uh, I had to get a bunch of crowns is essentially what it was if you didn't listen to any of that. And it's not fun. I've had a lot of teeth work done over the years. Uh, it was funny when she looked in your mouth, she was like, wow, have you uh, ever had orthodontics? And you're like, nope. She's like, your teeth are perfect. She said they're so straight. You've never had a cavity. I mean, maybe when you were like a baby. Little baby cavities. Tiny. But I've never had any. You've never had a you've never had a cavity like I've had. I definitely haven't. But then she looks at my mouth, she's like, Wow, your mouth is shaped wrong for the size of your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, You've really big teeth. I was like, Yeah, I've had eight teeth removed. And I had orthodontics and my teeth are now crooked. And I have teeth that just fall apart. Uh, so anyway, the point that we wanted to share here is the dental experience itself. Fantastic. Probably one of the best dental experiences we've ever had. Best I've ever had. Yeah. Best I have ever had. I think I can't say it's the best I've ever had because all of them suck horribly. Yeah, and I absolutely just, hate it. You just refuse to say it. it was the best of anything. Because every single time I go to the dentist, they're cleaning my teeth. It hurts. It's painful. It's an 8.5 out of 10 in my pain I scale, know, which is extremely high for my life. You were really brave. I end up in a flop sweat halfway through because you were of sweaty. the pain. I was rubbing your calf because was, yeah. I was where I was sitting in the chair. First of all, cute that we got to go back together. We did. First she, time we've ever we done didn't, that. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get to do that at our dentist previously in California, but we met the dentist and she spoke English and she, she's Portuguese, but she speaks English. And she was like, do you want to come back together? And we were like, sure. Yeah. And so we got to be in there together, which was just fun. Yeah. And, um, we also, can I just say when we get to go to doctor's appointments together, I feel like we do some of our best work. Yeah, we really <laughs> Our do. best crowd yeah. work. Yeah. Um, we went to a, a dermatologist appointment for Jason one time and it was actually quite bad because it was like during a procedure <laughs> and we were making him laugh so hard that he like forgot something. He was like, Oh shoot. Can you come grab like a, a thing yeah, out of needed, the cabinet over here? you to help. Yeah. I was like, he Hey bro, <laughs> I get that we're pretty funny, but you yeah. need to like just Thank- tighten it up a little thankfully bit. Thankfully in the, uh, the dental office, uh, you know, uh, the laughs kept everything yeah, going through. But, but it was very just comfortable. Yeah. They explained everything that they were doing. They were very gentle. Yeah. She 
um, was just walking me through the whole thing. She said, are you comfortable? She said, anytime your jaw gets tired, we can stop. I didn't stop. get that same treatment. Well, they just she, they just dug into my teeth. She was like, I got to get in and out. Um, they had the little TV above where you could watch it. And yeah. so I was practicing my Portuguese. They were watching, um, in case you're wondering what they were playing, uh, the, the movie Spy with yeah. Melissa McCarthy, yeah. but it, with Portuguese subtitles. So I got to practice, yeah. got which was great. Yeah. They were very complimentary of our Portuguese. They were complimenting of our Portuguese and of our oral hygiene, yes. which I was very appreciative of yes, because as someone we, who has started taking their teeth a lot more seriously after one, all this stupid dental work. Yes. After the whole dental saga, you were like, I'm going to... I need to start investing in investing. what I have left, the, the four teeth that are the left teeth. Mine. And so we have really upped our dental hygiene yeah. game the past year, and it has paid off. Yeah. Uh, I will... Just one funny kind of little anecdote to share is that... The office is so small, but yeah. this is just what you find, especially here in Portugal, but also just in Europe is like space is at a premium yes. and they just don't like you walk into a dental office in the U.S. in so many places. They're just enormous. Like the rooms are huge. The waiting area is huge. Like I get there's more people, but this was like a tiny little Economical. office. The door, like all the doors are closed. Like if someone opened a door, you're hitting another door. Yeah. But it's totally fine. And it's funny because I used to care so much about that. I was definitely like a person who like needed space to feel yeah. like I don't want like feeling claustrophobic. And something I think has happened. Maybe I've just gotten used to it. But yeah, I, it doesn't bother me anymore. And, you know, I think their facilities were nice. It's not like everything is the most state of the art thing. Totally. But it's very clean. It's yeah. very bright. The people are very nice. I mean, my biggest thing was just the friendliness and yeah. the... There, um, yeah, there was a dental office that was right in our town where we live. But the we use a company we've talked about many times that helps us find appointments and get things up. They're like, not sure if they speak English. And we we're like, if someone's going to be digging around in my mouth, if you're and digging it's gonna be in uncomfortable, my mouth, yeah. that's different than like when we like when I went to the knee doctor and like, it's okay. Like we can figure it out. Um, but anyway. Which also, by the way, I'm happy if like a lot of times the receptionist won't speak English, right. but the doctor will. And I'm that's fine. Like yeah. you end up working it out just fine yeah. but i will say and i know i've said it many times is if you move to a different country there isn't a better time investment you can make than learning the language we are you know we're toddlers we're toddlers yeah. with our portuguese we're not very great now falo muito bem yeah <laughs> but when you know certain words and you show them that you're, you're making an effort i can't even express to you how it changes someone's demeanor yeah first of all they're so i mean it, i mean it's like you would treat a toddler you're so proud of yeah. like when we would say words she gave me a, a quiz on fruits on the way out she was yeah. like what fruits do you know <laughs> yeah just and out I was of like, nowhere okay <laughs> malau yeah. limau so um so we had a great time with that and yeah she was just very lovely and we will definitely be going back to that yeah. dentist office. Uh, and also love a dental appointment when there's no bad news. I have not yeah. been to a dental appointment and not gotten cavity news I in know. a long time. That's also because my dental appointments were an average of six years apart or more, uh, which is not a good thing. So take care of your teeth. Get in there. Get and them cleaned. And also the health care and go, like, getting health care, which I consider dental care, dental care health care. Getting health care in a country that is not the one that I grew up in had me so scared to move to yeah. it, it, not just Portugal, but anywhere because there's so many unknowns and anything with medical stuff feels so. Do you guys know what arms are? Like, are you going to know how my arms work? <laughs> Brazos. Yeah. But, um, every interaction I've had with the medical system has been positive. I know that's not going to be the case forever. I mean, I think anywhere has problems, you know, and, but I just, I think the point I'm trying to make is less about Portugal and healthcare and it's more about taking a risk and taking a leap and some of the worries that you put in your head you if you 
allow yourself to be courageous enough to take the leap, you yeah. come to find out that it's completely different. And also, everybody has teeth in every country, and they're all getting taken care of. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, is that the this, if that's the thing you're worried about, there's going to be a good dentist. It's fine. Uh, another good piece of good news: uh, if you had not tuned into a couple of weeks ago, we gave the good news, the really big news, which is we got our residency cards, Same. which is such a huge thing that finally got accomplished. Titulo um, de residencia. We got those, which is great, and that led us to the next step, which was to get approved for the NHR, which is the non-habitual resident tax. Scheme. System, they call scheme. it a scheme. They call it a scheme, which sounds weird in the U.S., but like it's like a strategy is the way that it's described sure. here. Um, and essentially, it gives us ten years of tax um, freedom in Portugal, so we don't pay any tax to the country of Portugal. This is like an agreement that they have between the U.S. and Portugal. So uh, who knows how that actually works out? Because I'm sure. And money... we do continue to pay taxes in right. the United States in case you're curious. Exactly. So it's like I'm sure that there is some agreement between the countries where the taxes that we pay in the U.S. because we're spending all of our time and our economic money here then they pay you know based on a portion something. of that back over here so it's, this is not something that i even knew coming I, here we, we did not know this was a thing until we moved here exactly yeah. i know people come here for that yeah. I, we this is not why we chose portugal um but there is paperwork involved and it feels good to have that crossed off our yeah. list it also that. got to a, a breaking point with me because i was emailing back and forth to the cpa and there was like forms and things and stuff you had to go online you had to do this i thought something was coming in the mail and then all of a sudden out of nowhere it was like hey you got approved and here here's your pieces of paper you're done like you're good until 2032 you're all set. Okay. I'm like, oh, this yeah, is very stressful, but I'm glad that it's finally done. Yeah. Which is just really paperwork in general. I know. Uh, and then we had a note here to talk about our <laughs> continuing uh, saga. saga of trying to buy a car. Still has not happened. Have not gotten approved for an auto loan yet. Um, I mentioned a tip last week. You know, had we been just uh, putting some money into our Portuguese bank account on a consistent monthly basis, we would have been approved by now because we just did a lump sum when we first moved here. It doesn't help us show that we have consistent money coming in. So, yeah. And my big thing there was also I wanted to point out that, you know, there are hidden costs to moving countries where even if you think that, for example, you know, real estate is you know, less than where you are in the States or whatever, but there's hidden costs, of which course. are, you're going to have to pay more down for things. Like yep. here, you basically have to pay 30% for any type of financing that you want to do 30% yep. down. Um, so anyway, just do some research into that. If you're moving countries, think about what is the credit system there? What are the big purchases you want to make? Yeah. How does that affect that? Um, all things that are fine and we're working through, but get a heads up since yeah. we, we've done it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, we hope you had a great time listening to all of our takeaways from the Calm Business Encyclopedia. Hope you've checked out some of the uh, videos and articles that we put together. We poured a lot of time and love into those, and we hope they're helpful for you. Definitely. I Overall, I just think I'm still really glad we did the project. It feels great to challenge ourselves. We learned, I think, a lot. I mean, as evidenced by the hour-long uh, kind of podcast episode about the things we learned mm -hmm. and it's I now am excited to take a step back after being so in the weeds on a project and really think more strategically about where we want to finish the year where we want to steer things in 2024 I can't believe we've already been here basically a year yeah. in Portugal we'll and do an episode uh, recapping our first year and some of the like best moments and things I think I think we'll so too. yeah all right, that's it for us. Uh, good to have you here, and we'll chat in your ears very soon. I just soon. felt like saying I love you so much. You so love doing that. I love you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.